Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't, the conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth. And today we are sitting with someone super special. Candace Shepard is a mom, an attorney, an entrepreneur. When I think of you, I think of someone who makes a difference, whether you spend five seconds or five hours with you, you leave a mark and you leave people with something, not just a, not just your impression. You leave them with a gift, a tool, a something. You also have been through it and you don't whine about it. You use it like building blocks and God sized. I didn't think of that phrase until you. So thank you for taking time out of your busy life to be here with us. Oh, thank you, friend. What a great introduction. I appreciate that so much. And I'm so excited to be here. How are you? Wonderful. We had some tech issues. No surprise, everyone. All me. <laughs> I put the wrong time zone and did not know how to get in the room and edit. So we had to start all over. But we're here now. <laughs> That's what happens when you're in the world of me. So um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about you from your perspective, not mine. Okay. Um, I appreciate that. I, you, you hit all the highlights. I, um, I'm a mom. I'm an attorney. I'm a business owner, uh, coach, mentor, speaker, uh, writer. I, I just um, trying to live my best life according to my God-sized dreams and my gifts, um, not, not society's best life, but, but actually, you know, out there doing the things that, that I'm called to do. So that's the goal. I love that you said according to my terms, because yes. uh, so many don't or get swayed by the noise and by other people's opinions. And Damn. and there is so much noise. And now more than ever, there is just so much vying for our um, our attention and, and, you know, pick me, look at me, pay attention to me. And, and, I, and I think what our, our, our dreams and our goals look like to us is different than, than anybody else. And we, we need to, we need to honor that. You like me don't care what other people think you live life your way. Has it always been that way? Always been like that. Um, from a wee toddler, but I've refined it over, over the years. Um, and, and I, and I think it's less that I don't care what people think and more that I don't pay attention. I, you know, you, you can have all the opinions of, of me and what I do that you want, but I, I, I can't allow that to be relevant. And you know, you don't get to, you don't get to choose how I live my life because you're not me. So. How did you deal with that in school? Right. You know, fifth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, I have kids of all ages that struggle. That's, difficult in this world of teenagers who are difficult to be around when you're yeah. one, right? Yes. yes. 
Well, and, and, it, and it was easier in my generation, I think, or, or different anyway. There was no social media and, and kids now are bombarded with so many, so many lies and so many, um, so much crazy and so much ugly in the world. And it's, it's frightening and it's scary and it's sad. However, however, I think the tools and the resources are so much more prevalent and, uh, and available for, for, for kiddos now, for, for teenagers. And if you just look for them. Um, my advice for that, I think, is you have to make a decision. You have to decide that um, no matter what flies at you in the in the day, whatever comes at you, because it's all going to come at you, whether you want it to or not, you have to decide that I'm going to be me regardless of what the world is throwing at me. And um, I think really you have to find out what that I'm going to be me looks like to you first. And that's, that's what teenage years are all about. And young adulthood years are all about, right. Is figuring out who I am, who I was created to be, who I was called to be. And, um, and then really being true to yourself and making sure you honor that regardless of all the junk that's flying at you. When you're coaching, when I ask people these questions, who are you? What do you like? People look at me as if I'm asking them the hardest mathematical equation. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Like, that's fair. I was thinking about that this morning. Um, I, I, I've, I've recently gone through a very contentious divorce and um, a lot of a lot of stuff has changed for me over the last five years. And um, it, it, who I am now is dramatically different than who I was at 17. And that's OK. Um, I'm, I'm in a season of, of refining and, and maybe refiguring out who I am. And and it, it is it's not an easy feat, but it's definitely doable. You know, you lean into lean into the into the growth um pay attention to what you love pay attention to what you're good at um what brings you joy what brings you peace what brings you joy what brings you peace are we having these conversations what are we asking our kids our students our colleagues sometimes we forget that I, I think a lot of, I, yeah, that's so accurate, but I also think a lot of people are so busy figuring out what's going to make me happy and happy and joy are very different things. Happy is so situational and, um, you know, you can be full of happy for one second and then the thing that made you happy goes away and then what, you're just not happy anymore. So um, joy is more fulfilling and long-term and, you know, despite what happens, I'm going to be I'm going to be okay with who I am and where I am and what I am. And yeah. Or successful. We're supposed yes. to do this in high school. Right now I have someone taking the classes her counselor told her to take. Yeah. Right. And, and I, you know, as I'm telling her, do not do what, what? your counselor tells you. Then I had to say, and do not do what I tell you. Right. <laughs> right? right. Yeah. This is your life. Then we are supposed to go to college. Then we are supposed to get they're right. getting married, 2.5 kids. Yeah. Right. Like what about what's fun? Yeah. What do you enjoy? When I ask these questions, people of all ages do look at me like I'm asking them the craziest things. Right. But we forget when we're four, when we're eight, we know what's fun. Yeah. Yes. So what is fun, but also what, what has been, what has been implanted in me from creation from the second I was created, what makes me special? Cause there, 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 it's all there. Every one of us has one or two or 10 or a thousand things that makes us special. And those are, 
they're God given from birth. And if you figure out what those are and what those mean to you as a human and how can I cultivate those, I definitely work on your, your, your weaknesses, your challenges, your limitations for sure. But there's magic inside of you. What does that magic look like and feel like to you? My gosh, this conversation's so fun. Right. Like, I mean, my mom, my whole life, my mom said, you came out of the womb marching to the beat of your own drum. Right. That is who I am. That is what people either love or hate about me. Right. But that is what I do in this world. It is what makes me me. Yeah. It is my gift. Yes. Right? Why well, fit in when you were born to stand out? Favorite quote. Love favorite it. Dr. Seuss. And and I have clients who right now would say, oh my God, that's how you helped me. Mm. Stop doing what everybody was telling me to do. And you helped me say, it's okay to do that yeah. when everyone's telling me to do this, because mm. that is where I shine and what lights me up. Even though everyone says you won't make any money doing it, or, you know, it's, it's not what you're supposed to do. Yeah. What you're supposed to do makes me crazy. It, um, it, it, it I think it comes from a well-meaning place quite often. Absolutely. I, and I, and I think it's so good to listen to advice, but what, where, where we start going sideways as the advice giver and the advice taker is when we say you should, you must, you ought to. Uh, and I, so my, my daughter's, 19 she's going through some some transitions as well trying to figure out her place in the world what she wants and i have some valuable insight right as her mother as somebody who's done a few things but i want her to figure it out for herself so i try to always approach it as have you considered have you thought about and you know at the end of the day you've got to take all that in and process it through all of the recesses of your brain and figure out what you want right if, if somebody loves singing yeah. What are the odds that they're going to be a rock star? Maybe not high, but can we find ways for them to sing and enjoy it? Absolutely. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Do it more. Do more of what brings you joy. Going through a contentious divorce or any divorce mm -hmm. leads to transition. Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Transition usually leads to overwhelm. Mm -hmm. Overwhelm, I find, that's who I work with, um, mm -hmm. often leads to changes. Mm -hmm. Whether that's a move, a career, it, it leads to wanting, we're reevaluating and my clients will say, I'm going through all of these things and this doesn't feel right anymore. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. scary. Um, is, do you do, I know you are also working with, um, you're planning some things yeah. with people going through divorce. So do you see that also? Um, yeah, I, th I think, you know, the, the most uncomfortable positions people are, are ever in are divorce, uh, divorce, death, a move, um, uh, different things like that. And, and whatever the transition looks like. I think you need to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and 
for me, what, what I've been doing, um, and, and I, I approached it as I'm going to do A, B, C, and D, and I'm not going to make all the standard mistakes that everybody makes when they're, when they're going through these transitions. And then of course I did, I made them all, um, and, <laughs> and found myself drowning on more than one occasion and wondering where, how I was going to put one foot in front of the other, uh, from one day to the next. And, um, for me, it was just, you know what, this is going to be uncomfortable for a while. This is going to suck for a while. And I'm going to embrace the suck. I'm going to figure out what's next. Um, I'm going to cry. I'm going to find um, people who can help me through it. I'm going to be okay with not being okay. And um, that's just, you know, I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a process. And I, I'm not, I don't know, I don't know if you're ever out of the woods, but it doesn't always feel like you're drowning in it. It, you know, it's, it, it, it's ebbs and flows. So, but it, for me, it's just been so important to just embrace the uncomfortable. So my, my book title years ago was going to be embrace the suck. Yeah. So many people were like, I don't love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't get when I say, you know, we have to, we have to feel the yuck or like go, it's not mm-hmm. fun. Yeah. But if you have the people around you and the tools, mm-hmm. uh, avoid it's still going to come there. It's yeah. going to come back even if you avoid it. Well, and the thing about avoiding it is that it buries it somewhere deep inside of you. And then it's and then you carry it around for a lot longer than you need to. Um, rather than processing it and moving through it, you're carrying it with you to the next phase. And that's even more uncomfortable. And I found that out from some things that I buried deep a long time ago. And, you know, it's heavy. It, and the longer you carry it, the heavier it gets. So if you can deal with it in the moment with the tools and the humans that you have available to you, then I think you're going to get through to the other side a lot faster and a lot lighter. What if you don't have the tools and the humans? Find them. They're there. Yeah. I mean, uh, what you're, the work you're doing is so beautiful. And I, I started going through my stuff before I knew uh, Samantha Ruth was out there. Um, and I, and I, I've, I asked everybody I knew what, what, what good therapist do you recommend? Um, what books do you like? I leaned heavily on my friend's circle and my family. I, um, I, and I told my kids, I say, you guys, this is, I'm, I'm going to make so many mistakes. I'm going to try my best. Um, but I, I, I recognize that I imperfect human that despite trying my best, I'm still going to make a lot of mistakes. And, and then when I made a mistake, I, I apologize. We worked through it and moved on and they're going to have to deal with their own suck because they had to go through it too. But yeah, it's, you, you got to find the tool. You have to be proactive. You can't sit back and expect it to just happen. I don't think, I think that's an avoidance technique, but um, my opinion is that you have to go look for the tools and the humans that can help you. How involved or how much did you include your kids with what's going on? Because I met you at an event. Some of your girls were there. Yeah. Um, So my children are um, all late teens. And when this all started, they were all 11 and up. So they were all acutely aware of what was going on. There was no, there was no hiding any of it from them. Um, and, you know, teenagers are um, very astute, very smart, very um, uh, socially aware, emotionally intelligent creatures by nature. But now in this age of information and, and constant involving, involvement, they're even more aware. So part of where I made all, a lot of my mistakes was... Um, 
trying to hide things from them that I shouldn't because they were going through it, through it as well. Um, we, we just needed to figure out how to get through it together. And, and, and I needed to realize that I can't shield them from this. Um, they're going to have their own pain from, from the scenario that we're, that we're living in. And I need to let them feel that pain um, and let them deal with it. Um, the things that I did really well, I think is, um, you know, I, I tried really hard to avoid disparagement um, didn't always, didn't always succeed at that, at that, as that, at that as well. Anger brings, um, my, the mouth out in me. Um, <laughs> and, um, they've all been in some sort of, of, of therapeutic, um, scenarios where they've, they've worked through some of that's been really, really helpful. I, 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 you know, my generation therapy was so taboo and so, um, a bad idea. And now I think people are really starting to recognize and, and I hope it continues to go this way that therapy is a beautiful tool. I, I mean, where else can you be so vulnerable and have somebody who can walk you through that heartache and help you not only process it, but put it in its proper place and then give you the tools to deal with it when it rears up and, and steers you in the face at unexpected times because it will in hide, running from it is not going to work. Hiding from it's not going to work. How do we deal with it in the moment? So, um, so, so that I, I, I did a great job and I did a terrible job with my kids, but, but the, the thing I did, the thing I regret the most is trying to, to shield them as much as I did. Thank you for saying that. I did my episode on Monday and I talked about, you know, please recognize that I'm not saying there are only two types of parents, but you know, let's talk about the parents who are proactive and just say, we're going to address this and we're going to find someone for you to talk to, whether you want to or not. And the parents who shield and say, let's just wait and see if you want to. Right. Uh, and uh, let's make the decision for them because speaking up and asking for it is overwhelming at any age. And they see and absorb everything. Like you said. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they're brilliant. Teenagers are brilliant. And I see both sides. Mm -hmm. So I have them, if they're my clients coming to me saying they think I don't know. Yeah. You know, I even know. If, even yeah. if it's not hearing conversations, they know body language. Mm -hmm. They know when something's wrong. Just they like pick up on energy. Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. I was talking with someone, everybody who knows me knows in my life right now that my oldest. Sassy, my oldest fur baby, is going through some stuff. Yeah. And so I am communicating with my dad by text instead of by phone because I'm a daddy's girl. And yeah. if I talk to him, it will take 0.1 seconds before I burst into tears. Right. Right. And then I cannot come back on to do a video and be like, hi, welcome back to the Be Ruthless show. <laughs> right. 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 So like, yeah. wh why do we avoid certain people or situations? And, you know, yeah. I can tell you very clearly, love you, but can't call. Right. <laughs> I think that's fair too. I, I mean, I think it's, I think it's so fair to say, and so, um, so honoring to who you are and what you have to do. There are things that we have to do as grownups that are, are have to get done regardless of how much we're going through. And, and I think it's, I think it's okay to say, I can't do this right now. I'm not going to, I'm not going to avoid it forever, but right this moment, I can't do this. I love and that. I am the first to, it's, I am not one to avoid crying, 
but to balance getting through right. work mm -hmm. and getting through my feelings, I right. sort of have to schedule them. Right. Yeah. Sometimes. Yep. Yeah. Now is not a good time <laughs> for me to not be okay. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. I, I, um, so in my professional life, I, I run the law firm. I, I have another company that's a title company and, um, I'm the operations person for that. And then I have Aurora, which we talked about a little bit that's in the launch phase. And when we're in the launch phase, it's, it's very heavy on creative work and operationalizing and things like that. And, um, keeping all of those balls in the air and then scheduling my feelings for, for a time that's more convenient. Yeah. That's, that's so accurate. I, it's gotta be done. It sounds funny, but yeah, I like that scheduling. I, I can be not okay right now, but not, not later. Well, even let's go back to, so I said at the beginning, you leave your mark. I didn't spend that much time with you. We were at an event with 50, 60 people, 70 in March, but you made your mark. You made a lasting impression on me and I wanted to know more about you. And I, I knew enough. I knew I could tell your values. I could tell who you were. You, you are a difference maker. Then we're together at the beginning of August. Yeah. You're on stage. I have no clue you're under the weather. Yeah. You gave an amazing talk and, and then you had to go. You were sick, didn't know. Oh. Scheduling, feel it, right? Like, you know, do your thing and then go take care of you. Yeah. I just had to also have a talk with a friend yesterday, same friend, to say, I can't go on this trip with you in October. I, even if Sassy's okay and well enough to be with, I'm not going to be okay mentally to go. Right. Yep. I need to be here. I have this big event we're talking about in December that I'm like, I have too many things going yeah. to not be home yeah. and not be with. And that's taking care of me, mm -hmm. which is another skill, another boundary that takes effort and work. In my 20s, I didn't know how to do that. Right. And as business owners, as women, as people who are there for others all of the time, it is extremely important to be able to say no, to be able to adjust, reschedule, and and say, I love you, but I can't do this. Right. Because if I do, I will not be okay for the rest. Yeah. Well, you brought up two points that um, made, it made me think of two things, right? When you were, when you were saying that number one is I'm a big fan and this gets criticized, but I'm a big fan of fake it till you make it. Sometimes you have to pretend like you're okay in the moment. And then when you are in a place where you, where you can, where you can let down, where you can be vulnerable or you can be quiet or you can be sick, whatever, that's fine. Do it then. Um, but in, in our position, and we are servants. That's what we, that's what we do at the core of who we are is we are servants. I can't adequately serve unless I can fake it in that moment that, Hey, I don't feel sick. I'm, I'm here. I, I'm, I got you. I'm with you. The, the flip side of that is that I have learned to surround myself with um, people who see that in me. Okay. Candace is not okay. And she's faking it right now. I'm going to make sure that she has some space to not be okay in a minute. So 
you know, I've, I've got some, some really great staff members, really great um, family members, uh, friends that, that know when they need to step in and say, all right, you go, I've got this. And, and that's, you find your tribe. That's it right there. See, I still see, I would say I'm not okay, but I'm still here. Right. I'm on stage. I'm a little bit under the weather. So if I'm not my usual sassy self, yeah, that's why yeah. I can't fake it. But I, like I also, if I fake it until I make it, my, my people would say, what's up with Sam? You're off. Yeah. yeah. That's yes. And I think that's okay too. That's knowing, that's knowing yourself well enough to say, this is how I'm going to handle this because the, the, the shit's going to come. It's going to come. How are you going to handle it? I just am unable to do, there's a handful of people. Yeah. If my dad was in that room, Mm. I couldn't do it. Right. Or my brought like certain people. Right. Or I could not even make it through that sentence. I would, the tears would come. Yeah. And you know yourself well enough and you've, you've established your boundaries and you've said, these are my tools and these are my resources and this is what I can and cannot do. I love that. And yours and mine look very different and they're both valid. Absolutely. Right. And as we were practicing, we weren't on too many calls together, but as we were doing our talks, I was falling apart at certain parts and I would say, what am I going to do now? If Jim was in that room, I would fall apart and he would be able to reel me in. Right. Like he is my human form of any and every type of therapy medicate. Like he is it like, He's my security blanket in every form. Yeah. So dad would be in the room, couldn't do it. Jim would be in the room. The tears would come and he would be able to get them to Mm. stop enough to get through the talk. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. Look at that. Very cool. What, who do you coach? How can people connect with you and who? What type of work? Where is your book? I thank you for all those questions. Um, I, I have three books. They're all on Amazon. Um, you search my name; they're there. Um, what I'm really proud of right now is we've, we're we're preparing for the soft launch of Aurora. Um, it's the Aurora Network. It's the only all female, all Christian life coaching companies on the planet, and we have um, six coaches on staff now, and we we um, we really focus on three things. Um, we feel like we're all walking around carrying around these unhealed parts of ourselves and therapy will, will, is, is key working on all of those, um, those heart hurts in therapy is really, really important. We in Aurora work on healing from, um, a godly standpoint where, um, you, you, you can, you can find wholeness in, in other ways there. I think they go hand in hand from, from, from healing, you get into empowering. Who am I? Why was I created? What was I created to do? Why am I here? And from the, from the standpoint of both, you've got both of those, you've got healing and you've got empowerment, then you can go out and be a warrior. You can serve the kingdom. You can serve mankind. You can serve your family in a way that's, that's fully, present whole in every way. And you can make such a huge impact if you're healed and empowered. So all of our coaches uh, approach it from that standpoint, we've got everybody that's got different, um, different perspectives and different um, um, 
uh, specialties, things like that. But, you know, if you come to Aurora, you're going to find somebody you work well with. Do you have to be in <clears throat> Carolinas? No, no, we do everything by Zoom. Um, Microsoft Teams, we're, we're on a Teams platform. But yeah, we do everything remotely um, in the, the, the post-COVID world that we're in. It, 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 it means that you can work with somebody in North Carolina if you're in Wyoming. If that's who you fit with, that's who you're going to work with. And it's all by it's all by technology. What if I have somebody who specifically wants to work with the schools? You know, that's a passion. She likes that age range. So um, I, I, maybe I'm not understanding the question, but she wants to work with teenagers or yeah, we have, we have teenagers on staff and uh, not teenagers. We have, we have coaches who, who are coaches who are adept at working with teenagers and always recruiting for more. So, um, you know, we have the ability to, to coach teenagers. We also have um, conferences and workshops in the works to go into the schools because, yeah, that's that's a that's a great time to start uh, gathering your healing and your empowerment. Is there someone you wouldn't work with? It is it is it women only? Um, is it what if somebody is not necessarily religious? Nope, that's OK. Um, we're we're all Christian, the coaches, um, because that's who God has called us to be. Uh, we are never, ever going to say you're not Christian enough for us to work with you. That's um, ridiculous. And we're never going to shove it down your throat either. Um, Jesus is at the center of everything we do, but we're not going to say we can't help you if you don't love Jesus or don't know Jesus. That's just not something we do. Um, we have never had a man who's asked us to coach him, but we would, we're not opposed to it. We coach women and the people who love them. And, um, you know, we adore, we adore men. They're so they're so important to our society and our, our, uh, our way of life. So, so yeah, I guess if somebody said, I want a female Christian coach and I'm a, I mean, I'm a dude, then great. Let's talk. <laughs> I see it happening. I really Thank do. You. And there are time. there are certain people who want, there's a time and a place. There are people who do need a degree and need school, but there are other times where you don't need to wait that long and you don't need to go through all of those hoops yeah. and um, you can become a coach and you right. can work with people who can get you there and you can start doing what you love. Yeah. Well, and our coaches, most of our coaches do have degrees. Um, we have a couple of psychologists on board. We have a couple of um, ministers. Um, I have a law degree. I, I mean, <laughs> but we're all certified coaches. So we've got the, uh, the, the skill sets from wherever, wherever life has brought us through. And then we are certified coaches as well. But I have people who think they have to go back to school to get a new degree. Got it. No, absolutely not. Nope. Um, so our, our, our thought process on hiring coaches is um, it, it's a conversation between you and Jesus. If you're being led to do this work with this type of people, this type of platform, then you're probably in the right place. And we'll have a conversation. If you're not in the right place, we'll steer you somewhere else. But, but very likely, if you're feeling led to do the work that Aurora is doing, then, then we're a good, good fit for you. And we'll, and we'll talk about it. What else should people know about you that I might be forgetting? Ah, well, I'm going to see you in December. Yes. You're joining Healing Together through the holidays. Divorce is an absolute type of loss. Aren't you planning a divorce retreat at some point? We are. And I wasn't ready to announce it yet, but we're, we are actually going to be creating a divorce recovery 
group. Um, what we have discovered is that um, 90 percent of the women who are coming to us have some have been touched by divorce in some way, either themselves, their parents, whatever the case may be, or their marriage is struggling, which is a pre-divorce you know, phenomenon. So we're, we're really finding that um, uh, finding your tribe and, and healing in that specific way has been challenging. So we are putting together a course and a group and a retreat for this really important topic. And the other part of it, and I'm just going to be blunt, is that um, we are working at it from the perspective of healing and empowering, not whining, griping, and moaning. Yes. And in grief hab and in my groups, loss is loss and pain is pain. But people do need smaller groups with their own type of loss, right? Yes. Like I needed widows who yes. only had lost. I needed those conversations. Yes. And we and we need that. It isn't that right. your pain is less than, right. but it is different. Right. And we need to be able to talk to people who who get exactly it. Yes, uh, for sure. And and being able to lean, being able to vent without being allowed to slip into that um, woe is me mentality. That's important. And venting from the standpoint of, I don't know how to handle this. Has anybody done this before? Uh, huge, hugely important. It worked for me, you know, and six, seven had, you know, there's way more ideas yesterday. We had so many resources and ideas for somebody who just wouldn't have come up with them on your own. It's not bashing uh, right. you know, at all. Right. Uh, and so there are places where we all come together and then we do need those separate division of type of loss. And mm -hmm. unfortunately there is a lack of that in this world. Yeah. 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 Well, there's a gap. Let's fill it. Website contact. Yep. Where can um, you? Website is www.auroranetwork.life. Uh, you can find everything there. Uh, Facebook and Instagram will be um, connected to that very soon. They're up. They're just not. They're just not very active yet. But we're we're getting there, and we're super excited. But like I said, we do have coaches available now. At that auroranetwork.life is where you can find us. That will all be in the show notes. If you're driving, don't pull over. Thank you so much for your time, for being in my life, for not making fun of me, for being a crazy person in the back seat. I thought for sure that was going to come up. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I was, I was saying you were, you were perfect. You were just, oh you were just where you were supposed to be doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing in that moment. We survived that car ride. I, I meant to say we survived a near-death experience from my perspective. <laughs> Might have been a normal day in the car for you. <laughs> traumatizing for me. Oh, my goodness. You guys can all connect with Candice at the Aurora Network Life. Books on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Until next time, thank you so, so much. I love you, I everyone. Thanks for having me. Wednesday, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hab community, 
please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week. 